Here's another installment of Grimerica goes to the Paradigm Symposium 2014 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Hey and welcome back to the Grimerica show. We're at the Paradigm Symposium 2014 and uh, we've got Richard Dolan here with us and Red Pill Junkie as usual. Welcome Richard. Yo, thanks for having me on here. This is fun. Yeah, this is great. I mean, you've got your own show there too on KGR Radio and uh, you're going to be speaking tomorrow. I will. And uh, most of our uh, listening audience knows about you, I'm sure. They've heard they've heard us talk about you before. And uh, I just bought your book there, UFOs for the 20th Century Mind, right? 21st Century Mind. 21st Century. Did the I say 20th Century Mind? We're in the mind. new century, oh, my man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Get so, with the times. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So uh, That's funny. Usually you're ahead. Usually you like to put yourself more ahead with yeah. the vibrational people. Come on, yeah. <laughs> so uh, are you going to be talking about that tomorrow? Uh, probably, yeah. I was looking over my uh, my presentation for tomorrow. I, um, I, I'm always uh, wandering around the map of this field. I've been now studying UFOs for 20 years, and uh, every year it's, it's a new direction. Uh, I've always been looking into the the classic stuff that really got me involved military documents uh, make making the case like a lawyer would make the case that there's reality in a cover-up but uh with ufos for the 21st century mind that's a different kind of a book and it's um i guess i would characterize it as my attempt to to create a a single contemporary forward-looking volume that encapsulates the entire mystery of the ufos at least as far as i can understand it at this time so it's a lot of history from ancient aliens to today but there's a lot of politics how does the cover-up work on, on a deep level how does it work um the science the crazy science that doesn't make sense except that it does make sense when you really start getting into contemporary science there's a chapter on that uh several chapters dealing with the nature of contact what what's actually going on uh this connection between us and and whoever these other beings are uh, there's a lot of talk about the influx of what we might call new age uh, concepts and philosophies into contemporary ufology and, and 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 me trying to make sense of what what what's up with all of that. How much of a role do you find consciousness is starting to play with it? Because I notice uh, there seems to be more and more of a trend of a lot of people who used to used to subscribe strictly to nuts and bolts that are starting to to realize more and more of the role that consciousness might have to play in it. I'm just wondering yeah. where that kind of settles in with 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 everything you've looked at as being one of the you know, it looks like today you're one of the at the forefront of of the new ideas and and things like that. Well, I think that uh, I think consciousness is really key, and you're right. It, you know, traditional, let's say, classical UFO research, 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, uh, was a very different different kettle of fish, as it were, and um, it was really focused on looking at the sightings, looking at the technology, um, and and that's quite valuable obviously i think since the 90s since the mid 90s in particular really since the web 
uh, we've really seen an explosion of ideas and consciousness is, is a really important part of it. Um, think of it this way. When you, when you look at something as basic as abduction reports, abduction research, every single abduction encounter seems to involve a kind of telepathic connection between the human being and, and these other beings. So there's, there's something key going on with mind-to-mind -mind communication. At the same time, when we're looking at contemporary physics, you hear a lot of talk, not just in New Age circles, but about, you know, what is consciousness? Is there, is there an element? Is consciousness an element in the, the very nature of our universe, our cosmos? Um, is that kind of the missing key that uh, physics has been leaving out all these years? That's like what quantum mechanics starts to get into, right, with the observer effect and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's sometimes it's counterintuitive and it's taken generations for it to kind of work its way into our culture. But it's almost as age old as like the proverbial tree, though, right? If a tree right. falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. That's kind of kind of alludes to the same thing. I don't know who oh. said that or when, but yeah, yes. I don't know where they are. If well, we extend the metaphor, so if a UFO is flying, if a UFO is flying over Washington and no one raises his head to see it, does it, does it exist? It exists. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put, Reg Pill Junkie. <laughs> well, the the other thing about consciousness um, that I would uh, that is important to me in in the ufology context is simply you know you get a lot of claims by people who will either um subscribe to channeled type of information mm. or who will uh talk about getting what they might call a download of information from some source a non-physical source that can't be identified and i mean there's quite a lot of this and you know my my old instinct would be to just toss that aside and think ah well you know what can I do with that? And and the problem with that information, incidentally, is that you can't really, how do you test it easily? It's not what a, a scientist would call falsifiable. That is, you can't, you can't even try to prove it true or false. If you can't falsify it, even in theory, then it's not considered valid. It could be true. It could be totally true, but it wouldn't be valid. It's not like, it's not playing fair. Because mm. you're getting information that someone else doesn't really have the opportunity to test. And so, um, traditionally, I've, you know, I would like, veer away from that type of information but here's the thing um i happen to believe in the reality of things like remote viewing like yeah. a lot of people look at it do so there's something there there's a capability in the human mind i think to perceive things that are not in our common sense world um immediately perceptible there's no origin isn't so, it funny how you see how like sometimes kids can sort of see through that sort of thing it's like almost like it's part of our Dogma. Once you reach yeah. a certain age, you can't notice the shit that your oh, yeah. kids will notice anymore. Yeah, uh, This is a subject of one of my favorite poems of all time by a guy named William Wordsworth called Intimations of Immortality Based on Reflections of Childhood. It's a long title. Beautiful poem. And his whole theme, this is 200 years ago, and he's talking about what it's like for young children to be aware of these other dimensions of reality. That as you get older, the, 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 your, the prison Mother Earth uh, kind of entraps you in this materialistic sense of reality and you can forget it. Um, but the last thing I would just say on this whole idea of consciousness and how it works its way in is I, I think that this is important. To, we have to keep exploring this. Even though we can't always test uh, you know, whether someone did receive a telepathic communication or not, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a real likelihood 
that this does happen sometime. The, the only problem with it is if you listen to every bit of channel information you've ever heard, you'd be oh, really man. confused. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, I, I try to do this middle ground. I think um, rather than just dismiss it all or believe it all, uh, my attitude toward it. Yeah. This is, you know, it's like, let's look at it without accepting everything like a dogmatist. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's when, when you, a lot too. Yeah, when you see research like Rupert Seldrake and people like that are doing, I mean, it doesn't make it seem that far out either, right? It's no. kind of like the other end of the spectrum who doesn't exactly. give a shit about UFOs is kind of backing up the same thing with his, you know, his morphic resonance and things like that. Right. The other thing that I guess uh, that I'll talk about tomorrow and that's always uh, front row center with my research is the political aspect, the political implications of the UFO secrecy and cover-up. Mm. Um, you know, it's been, a, it, again, it's been 20 years of exploring to try to understand how, how does all of this work. Uh, back in the olden times, I had this idea, well, okay, so if, if there's a cover-up, can we assume the U.S. president uh, knows about it? And if not the president, then someone in the military. And and then, you know, I would ask myself, well, how, how do they manage the media, the press, and how do they manage the academic institutions and the, the political institutions? So it, it's really got me thinking for all of these years, how, how does the actual structure of secrecy work? And, and where that took me several years ago was into the idea of a breakaway civilization. Yeah. And along the same line, looking into what we would call deep black budget um, economics and, yeah. and power. Yeah. And to me, that, that remains really important. And the reason UFOs matter, there's many reasons they matter. They matter existentially because whoever the hell is here is interacting with us in some way that, that's important to them and I think should be important to us. But the other reason it matters is because this whole secret has twisted, maybe irreparably, our, our political system into modes of secrecy that, you know, have just run away from the masses of humanity. And I think getting back control of that, um, maybe in the form of even what some people call it, some form of disclosure. Some people think of that as a bad word. <laughs> There's all of these people around us who are. Like, yeah, well, yeah, I know it's hard to focus. My, my, my buddy Chase Kletsky's. She's like, she's like, at a, at a, she's the guy at the golf tournament. Like just before you're about yeah, to strike yeah, the putt, yeah. she's like Four. jumping up and down. Thank you, Chase. Uh. So. So, Red, Red, do you have a do you yeah. have a comment to make about that? Well, I have a few. Talking to the mic, though. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask a few questions. We were talking about abductions earlier. Uh, Richard, do you think that abductions, uh, what we call alien abductions, are a thing of the past? Because we seem to have had some kind of explosion of re uh, reports of people were coming out and claiming that they were being taken by these entities out of their bedrooms. They were performing some kind of medical examinations or medical procedures to them, maybe sometimes extraction of uh, genetic uh, uh, material, maybe sometimes it's extraction or fetus. But now it seems that it has kind of died down, maybe along with the uh, passing of Bud Hopkins, you know, maybe right now the only one of the big uh, researchers in abduction phenomena is David Jacob, because John Mack also passed away. So do you think abductions is uh, are a thing of the past or has the phenomenon uh, shifted or progressed into a different stage or phase? I, I don't think it is a thing of the past. Um, I, I guess I don't think that. Uh, there are other uh, very good abduction researchers who are out there these days and who are also writing books. Basically, the next wave of researchers, I'm thinking of my friend Yvonne Smith out in California, mm -hmm. who uh, is very active with this. And there's quite a, quite a few of these people out there. 
who are doing uh, the research and, and carrying on that tradition. Um, I'm not really aware that this has slowed down. I, I've heard this once in a while, but I just, the problem with abduction is how, you know, getting access to the data is so dicey. It's so difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when Bud was interviewing his, getting his uh, subjects, you know, for every one person he was getting, I'm sure there were scores and hundreds that were just not, not talking to anyone. Mm -hmm. This is, um, and I, I suspect the same thing as today. I don't really know how to get a gauge on whether it's increasing or decreasing. I think it's hard to tell because it, it's become with the with the uh, advent of the internet and things yeah, like exactly. that. It becomes so saturated that you see the stories regurgitated so much because I mean half of it might just be new people becoming interested that haven't heard of it before, yeah. so they're looking at you know it's, it's 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 weird because I guess like twenty years ago you didn't have that problem like chances are people exactly. hadn't heard of those main cases exactly. so they were the go-to and now there's so much youtube and so much shit out there i can't even imagine trying to filter through it this is another of the themes of my book mm -hmm. I, my new book is it's the comprehensive ufo book for our time but really you know when you think about getting access to data uh we're in a completely different situation than where we were 50 50 years ago or even like you said 20 years ago the big problem was getting access to cases getting access to information um you know, how many people even could see video of, of UFOs 20, 30 years ago? Or how many people had a video camera? No, mm -hmm. right, exactly. So today it's the opposite problem. Now we're flooded with yeah, information. The odds of a camera claims. being present have increased 1,000 or 10,000. You go on YouTube and there's hundreds, probably thousands of, of fresh video shot every year these days. It's, it's unbelievable. Even uh, 10 years ago, I was thinking, gee, you know, getting access to, to video data. But then you get YouTube and suddenly, pow, it's all out there. Yeah. So we're. I think one of the biggest issues that we have, again, looking forward, is finding a way to maintain uh, critical acumen. And it, really, we're in an era where everyone's got to be their own researcher. There's really no excuse anymore. Uh, we have to know when you when you get a, a a UFO image that hits your Facebook wall, because this happens every every single day to my to my Facebook wall. Someone's putting things out there. We have to know how to investigate. Uh, one one tool that everyone should know how to use like the back of their hand, is Google reverse image search. Mm -hmm. I started using this a couple of years ago. It's only been available since 2011. But basically, you get an image of something, you download it, and you drag it into the image search bar on Google, and it will show every single available version of that image on the web. And by doing that, you can, then, you can find where it originated. Yeah. And you can mm -hmm. find where an image originated, then you can go a long way to figuring out if it's legitimate or not. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, alleged alien photographs and things like this. Um, it's just one tool. There's all of these different ways that we can all become better armchair researchers. How it's fucking crazy is it that you can even do that? Yeah, it's like Shazam, I, but for pictures. I know. <laughs> That's it's really what it crazy. Is. Like when you think about the what's behind, do it. Like how how can you not have? How can you not think the government has crazy facial recognition if you can just throw an image into Google and they're like, "Boom, here you go." Well, oh, this no, was exactly. here, 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 here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So Another, um, well, one more thing I think people should, could be aware of is when you're testing uh, any kind of claim of any sort, you can do a, a search by date. And this is another really key thing I, I think people should become aware of. Like, um, you have to use a little bit of creativity with this, but if you're looking into, um, like I did an example of this in my book, so uh, search by date for Project Bluebeam. A lot of people talk about Bluebeam, you know, the so-called false flag alien invasion by which the uh, government will scare the shit out of everyone yeah. and then mm -hmm. clamp down a new world order totalitarian system, which, like, as if they're not doing that already. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but 
what I did in, in my book was just an example of showing how, like, where did Blue Beam actually originate? What is the first known example? You can do this in Google. Yeah, you got to pick a crazy phrase, right? Find some well, obtuse phrase and you search that specifically. I think well, I've heard yeah, people I, talk about that. I did a search on, on Blue Beam itself. And what you can do is in uh, the, the advanced search features, you do search by date. Now, it won't do a reverse chronological listing or a chronological listing, but you can do specific discrete searches. Like you can go like 19, January 1st, 1993 to January 1st, 1994. And work your way up. It? Exactly. And you can kind of like, or work your way back right, to right. the first instance. Yeah, yeah. And it works. Wow. I mean, it works. And, and you find like, again, if you find the origin of, of a particular claim, that goes a long way toward... Uh, Finding out, you know, how legitimate it is. So what was the answer on Bluebeam? No, Bluebeam started as an evangelical Christian claim back wow. in the uh, early 90s. Wow. Uh, it was uh, uh, actually started by a, a French a Quebecois named Serge Monast, who back in the early 90s was talking. He was very, he was like an evangelical in, in his Bluebeam conception. <laughs> he, was, he was a French Canuck, and his idea was uh, it would be a false kind of second coming of Christ. Hmm that uh it's kind of a convoluted permutation of it and a after that didn't really happen that sort of evolved into uh kind of an et sort of thing yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's now it's it's kind of a ubiquitous part of our culture and it it seems like exactly. some sort of offshoot of that ended up as Raelianism. yeah but also uh, i remember that there was some uh project to try to create some kind of uh, hologram projection mm -hmm. over Cuba, right? Using a submarine, you know, projecting on the clouds the image of Jesus Christ and using sound to say, you know, you have to rebel against Fidel Castro because he is uh, evil. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I think it's a good point that you're raising. It's not <laughs> that the technology to create a hologram doesn't exist. It does. And it's not that there haven't been plans to use that as a psychological warfare. Uh, I'm just saying the idea of a blue beam as a false flag alien invasion. I, I just think of the logistics. It just doesn't make any sense. To yeah. Me. What do you think about personal testimony? Like, is that going to be uh, more valid in the future or less? Because I remember hearing in the in the early '90s, like when I I had a sighting in '90 and then '90, I was into it for a few four or five years, probably. Yeah. You know, and before I kind of heard about you, and then when I came back into it afterwards, after a couple, you know, a decade or so, uh, I I found about you know started learning about you, but. Um, I remember hearing back in the early 90s, you can't prove a picture's uh, real. You can only prove it's fake. So there's a point. There's only a point you can yeah. go with mm -hmm. photographic or video evidence. That's, you can only go so far mm -hmm. before you just prove it's It's like it's, it's reversed now, though, right? Now maybe a thousand words is worth the same or more than a picture again. That's well, with, with uh, whistleblower testimony, things like this. No, I think it's very, very important. The, the thing, though, with any whistleblowers, a true whistleblower is someone who can give you their credi their credentials. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and and some of those people exist. Guys like William Binney of the NSA, he's a real whistleblower. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. William Binney. Before we had Edward Snowden, we had Binney. Mm -hmm. um, and you know his career is very well known. And Binney just went on the record and and. Uh, put himself at risk and said a lot of things about the NSA. Well, we have whistleblowers, uh, alleged whistleblowers in all things related to ET. Some people claim to be super soldiers. Some people claim to have knowledge of certain underground bases and facilities. Um, and, you know, you've got it for it to be useful knowledge for the rest of us to work with. You got to be able to tell them, you know, really who you are and yeah, be able to prove yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are people who do that and they're necessary. We're in an age of WikiLeaks now. We're in an era where, where um, legality doesn't matter. 
I mean, I'm just saying it flat out. Legality doesn't matter. We're in an era where people can rip digital data out and toss it out to the world for everyone to read. Legally or not, you could say it's right or wrong, but that's the era we're living in. It's the same with whistleblowers. You know, we have capability of communicating that never, we didn't have this 20 years ago. Yeah. Now people can come out and there's many more avenues. So we have to continue listening to whistleblowers. We just have to vet them. And now the government can actually, you know, it's kind of uh, okay for them to use propaganda, right? Didn't they revoke that Smith-Munston uh, act or something like that last year? I heard about this recently where now they can basically, you know, uh, use propaganda as a tool legally. Well, they, they've been doing Not this forever. They they've been doing that the, forever. The, the, the U.S. Pentagon spends, uh, no, you're right, though. U.S. Pentagon spends, I think, $4 billion a year in uh, management of social media. So, so think, think $4 billion. We're paying, for, we're paying the government to stick it right up our ass, okay? <laughs> Usually that, what, costs, what are they doing? that costs a lot of money. They are <laughs> $4 billion. <laughs> so that means they create sock puppets on social media websites and like all the uh, message boards and things like that. So you have people creating fake uh, personalities to manage public opinion. That's a big thing that they do. We've actually uh, been accused of that, I think. Remember the peasant king accused us of being oh, yeah, shills. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of being what? Like Disinformation, shills. government yeah. shills. Yeah. I'm sure you, you, everybody gets that in this kind of new media. Yeah. Um, a week ago, I was in Britain, and uh, I was at a restaurant, and this, this <laughs> waiter knew who I was. Oh, yeah. And he, he like, I think he really liked me, but his first question was, so, Mr. Dolan, are you a CIA agent? Really? He just asked me flat out. <laughs> and uh, I was actually with, uh, with Stephen Bassett. Was, oh. <laughs> you know, we were at a conference together. We were having dinner. And uh, he didn't ask Bassett. He asked me. That's funny. So yeah. I, I are you? issued my standard denial. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> oh, man. So, I, can no neither, I can neither confirm yeah. nor deny. <laughs> so what else did they spend uh, this $4 billion on then, besides like sock puppets? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, this is, a, this is a thing that came out, I think, a year, a little more than a year ago in the Daily Mail. And I'm pulling this out of memory. Uh, I should probably do a little more research. But yeah, that's the number, $4 billion. So how do, you, how do you sift through all this crap? Because, and, and, I mean, you watch the mainstream news or, I mean... It's the fear porn is intense right now. It's so intense. I mean, my mom is totally. Well, it's, it's, it's through the roof. So how do you even do you? What do you follow for your dose of? Uh, I do. News? I do or a do lot you? of what we call alternative news sites. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah. I pull up. Um, I mean, as far as mainstream, I guess I, I'll go back and forth between HuffPost and Drudge. I, I look at both of those. I look at Infowars, um, and I have uh, like news alerts for different types of things. Yeah. I'll, I'll pull any kinds of information yeah. out. I mean. Probably a lot of the same things a lot of alternative researchers look at. Right, I'm right. sure I'm looking at the same thing. Yeah, that thing you said uh, on Mike Asquelian report about the NPR and their policy of always uh, uh, slandering Ridic the UFO. So Mike mentioned, yeah, this someone wrote to me directly about right, that, right, oh. right. and uh, I might have been the one to tell Mike of that. It's quite possible because I have uh, one of uh, the people I correspond with has a family member who's a high-level NPR uh, executive. And uh, according to this individual, that person told him that it is actually official national public radio policy that any UFO-related story has to receive some measure of ridicule. Like, yeah. they, they have to treat it lightheartedly or, or just outwardly ridicule it. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That, that, and that's, that's just your NPR. Tax, I mean, that's your tax dollars that's that work. Supposed to be that, like, that's supposed to be the free and kind of alternative source. NPR is a complete... People, right? I, I mean, back in the olden days when... Um, I, I thought I was like a liberal. 
uh, I used to think, oh yeah, NPR is great. Yeah, That's yeah. like our our attempt to have BBC, you know, <laughs> this news for smart people. No, what it is is it's propaganda for people who think they're smart. Yeah. That's all NPR and, ca- and people who can't afford cable. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Right? You get it. Uh, that's your. You, oh yeah, it's I mean, free. It's they don't free. Yell don't and worry scream. about it. You know, they're kind of a little more. They they sound a little more civilized, and uh, it's nicer to listen to on that level. But no, it's it's pure. Con- and control. what's and what's their budget? You can add that to the getting, you know, the taken from behind four billion chart. Yeah, NPR um, is. Yeah, I don't know how much they're getting. It's out of it, it's but, funny because but, like we listen to No Agenda and shows like that, and they talk about. How how crooked NPR is from a bunch of other different angles, right? Like n- nothing to do with the UFO community, but just how they do their native advertising and this and that. I know NPR. Look at listen to them on uh, the whole Ukrainian, um, you know, the uh, that whole fiasco. I mean, this is one of my favorite side topics. It's very important. The whole fact that the United States is is in an undeclared war against Russia right now, mm-hmm. uh, trying to make sure that the dollar stays afloat. I mean, that's what this is all about. So they organized a coup back in February against Yanukovych. Uh, NPR, like all of American media, just covers it basically. Um, you know, bending, toes the line totally, and and you know, UK media is just as bad. Um, and it's been like that the whole way through. You know, this. Um, Everything to do with Crimea. All of the analysis is drained out of NPR. Um, they, they give you this illusion of analysis. Uh, Fox News, of course, everyone knows is garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, like, is it an NPR thing, or is it seems like almost the media in general these days that everyone is just starting to accept the fact that it's Fox? You can't really trust anything. No, that- I, I think that's right. I think a lot of people realize that uh, mainstream media is completely, completely gone. Although people still listen to it. I know that that's know. the thing. I cut my cable bill a few months ago, and it's like people will ask me about things that I guess are are going on, but I can get everything I need via. Well, I mean, it's, it's I guess it's weird to say Twitter because we've talked about how the government's in there and shit too. But it's still, at, at least Twitter, I can kind of choose, pick and choose. I'm using Twitter more. I, I like Twitter. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. can learn the news. Yeah. Not only can you pick and choose, but you'll learn it faster. Like the shit that's going to be on the news tomorrow, I all know in 20 minutes type thing. I I've uh. I had a Twitter account and I created it uh, basically because I thought, oh, I'll promote myself to Twitter. And I, mm. I never used it, but actually, I've just started to really started to appreciate Twitter. So maybe that'll be a new thing. I think with uh, like the what's cable your Twitter news- handle so the listeners can follow you? Oh, uh, I think Rich Dolan. Rich I'll, Dolan. I'll check right now. Yeah, look for me. I, <laughs> I'm really lazy with my Twitter. What I was going to say about the the TV news, I think it's a generational thing. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Like my dad, God love him. My dad's an awesome guy, but he listens to Fox News. My, I, like my I mom, visit that's him. what I'm telling you. It's I, like she's fully converted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and um, you know, he, he kind of knows that it's propaganda, but then he... He watches it. And I'm like, what, you know, what is this? Is this like a 75-year-old man thing? Is that, do you have to be in your 70s? Well, it's funny. I think the answer is yes. Have I you heard the right. stats? It is. It's the average age of uh, CNN viewers is 72, I think. Well, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. that. It's, it's funny when you talk about propaganda because you look like World War II is when propaganda really got fucking perfected. Yeah. So and science. ever since then, you know, we have to come out with all these. That's when you see really see the birth of network television and things like yeah. that. It's almost like they're like, hey. We can put this little box in every house in America, mm-hmm. and these right. guys are going to eat up anything, yeah. exactly. whether it be UFOs or this or that or the other thing. Yeah, this is something that worries me because, you know, everybody talks about that we live in the age of peak oil, you know, peak energy, as, right. it, as was our biggest problem. But I think that we live in the age of peak trust, you know. 
no citizen in any place in any country in the world trusts their appointed leaders anymore and that I, I i can't understand how a civilization could could endure like that imagine if i, I often wonder what will happen if uh, tomorrow president obama accompanied by some uh, nasa scientists will announce that they have detected uh, a meteor that will strike the earth in 10 years from now i guarantee you that after eight years have passed it's still like 50% of the population will think that the, the story is bullshit, you know, that it was just a, a lie. I, I think this, we, we can uh, attribute this to the uh, age of the web. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 20 plus years ago, a government official could make any statement at all. And it would be much harder to fact check. Mm -hmm. uh, now people are fact checking. The problem with that, of course, is that some people are really good fact checkers and some people are really sloppy fact checkers. Exactly. And it all goes out there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And so we're in a sea of just this confusion. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know how we're going to get out of that. It's very yeah. difficult. Yeah. yeah. That's just part of our, our era now. So do you, do you have other topics on your show too, on your KJRA radio yeah, show? Yeah, what I, I'll talk about will be um, uh, usually three different uh, kind of segments. So I'll have uh, like a definite UFO-oriented segment, yeah. uh, whether yeah. it's a history, historical uh event that I think is important or contemporary UFO related news. I always hit on that. I'll, I'll always do something relating to geopolitics or government secrecy or national security okay, state type yeah, stuff. Yeah. So those are two. And then um, I like to get a little philosophical. I'm, I'm always been sort of a philosopher at heart. I study history, but I like philosophy and I, I'll usually have a segment on uh, my own thoughts on how to live well in, uh, in our current era. Nice. Yeah. Can you give us some tips on how to live well in our current era? Oh man, like <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't trust the media. <laughs> don't, my yeah, mom, don't my, trust. Well, I mean, a lot of what I what I talk about is is for people to um how to. I did I did one one thing on what I called damaged goods syndrome, mm -hmm. and it was uh, in my own personal observation of people who who get into the kind of alternative fields, particularly UFO field, and um, and you find that psychologically something happens, like they they're either they're damaged somehow. I mean, there's, um, there's something not right. I, I meet this in conference, not particularly this conference. Hmm. Um, actually, I'm seeing a lot of really well-adjusted people here at the Paradigm. Your arm's damaged I, For the most part. But, but honestly, like a lot of the places I, yeah, I travel, yeah, uh, yeah. there'll be people, and you can just tell it's not, yeah, and they're yeah. not tinfoil how crazy people. They're, no, no. they're just, there's something not right, and I think they're troubled. And I often wonder, what is that? And I think that... Um, you know, to getting into a field like this, you really have to be psychologically strong because it, it will shatter the a lot stigma, of your The stigma is really the stigma, heavy, Yeah, right? the stigma yeah. And, uh, and reconstructing your reality right. uh, can be very difficult. Yeah, to similar hey, Galileo placed the same shit, right? Or similar 500 to, years ago. Similar to the psychedelic yeah. experience, yeah. There has yeah. to be some kind of set and setting also for the UFO phenomenon. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Now, uh, listen, I don't want to cut no, this short no, for the no, listeners, no. but I've, I've got That's a book great. table and yeah. I see there's a whole bunch of people out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, absolutely. So I, I got to go get with book. the sign and pen yeah, yeah. and make it with the book sales. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Richard. We appreciate it. Uh, no, listen, I love being on here. And um, if anyone wants to, to take a look at anything else I'm doing, I have a website, which is richarddolanpress.com. Uh, that's because I publish books by myself and other people. Great. Uh, just published a new one by Dr. Bruce Maccabee, okay. one of the stalwarts of the UFO research field. Uh, Bruce doesn't get around to lecture that much anymore, but uh, he's a good researcher. He just did a great book called The FBI-CIA UFO Connection. Nice. And I'm telling you, um, not only is it just a well-written book, it's a beautifully researched book, and he, more than anyone else, I think, in the world, 
really knows, especially the early history of what was the FBI doing with UFOs? What was the CIA doing with UFOs? What was the Air Force Intelligence doing with UFOs? And he just lays it out. He really gives you the facts. Not a lot of BS, and but he's got a good sense of humor. He's got a wry kind of sense of humor, which works its way in there. It's a good read. Does he and like I'm podcasts? A book. Does he like podcasts? Yeah, yeah. He just did a thing yeah. on Coast to Coast, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. a week or two ago. Right. He's, he gets out there. Well, we'll have him on. I'll get yeah. his contact. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce is... Um, uh, a real gem of a resource. Very knowledgeable guy. Yeah. And I, I publish other books by other researchers that uh, kind of add to the Great. field. Yeah, well, we appreciate the time, and hopefully we can, uh, in the coming months here, we can have you on for, uh, for a full interview and, 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 and get the rest of the story. Sure, I'd love to. Thanks, Richard. You guys are great. All right, thanks, thanks man.